Pitt has a huge ranked matchup coming up against Tennessee, but how should Keaton Slovis and the offense attack this Volunteers defense? And what about the right tackle position? Branson Taylor might start there. How does that change things for this Pitt offense? We'll talk about that and more coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairball. Today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Folks, get better odds than ever on Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I wanted to talk today in more in depth about this Pit team and obviously how key. This game, I think, is for Pitt, but we talked about that. But I, I want to talk specifically about keys to the game. I want to talk about how Pitt, I think, should attack this offense, uh, I mean, defense. Um, we, we, we talked a little bit about how I think they can make it easier for Keaton Slovis, um, but specifically how to attack this Tennessee defense. And then I also just want to talk about what's the most important thing in this game and why I think it's going to be the ultimate factor here. Um, but when you look at Pitt, and what they bring to the table in this game. What they bring to the table is, quite honestly, very clear to me. Um, They bring to the table a very in-depth group of receivers that can attack over the middle of the field. And I think this is important. And why do I think this is important? I think it's important because Tennessee plays a lot of cover four. They play a lot of quarters coverage, quarter, quarter, half, stuff like that. Uh, you see a lot of in this defense, and it's littered all around. But you can easily see their influences. And, here's, and that's key because when you look at what Pitt's going to actually need to do to win this game, they're going to need to attack the intermediate part of the field. There's no questions asked about that. They don't attack this intermediate part of the field. They're going nowhere. And Keaton Slovis was super good in this area of the field. That's what makes me, I would say, what makes me encouraged by this, at least. Could Pitt move the football at will down the field? I absolutely think they could. And the reason is absolutely because look at what they've done in the intermediate part of the game against West Virginia. This is where most of their big plays came from. When you go between the 10 to 15-yard area, Keen Slovis was perfect with over 100 yards passing, 8 for 8, 144 yards passing in that area of the field. So he was great. And you look at the middle of the field. You look at a Keaton Slovis heat map, if you will. And Keaton Slovis's heat map is mostly off to the sides when he's in the middle of the field. That's where he really, really cracked everything open. You could see it when Keen Slovis got comfortable playing over the middle of the field. That's when Pitt's offense really opened up. He attacked it at all three levels of the field. 
and he felt a lot more comfortable in that regard too. And so I, I think Keaton Slovis has a strength that you look at for this game and you say, well, he can definitely attack this Tennessee defense. It's very obvious where they should be attacking in this game. And it is that middle of the field. It is on the outside going after Warren Burrell. There are weaknesses to this Tennessee defense that are very obvious. And because of that middle of the field emphasis, there are guys like Gavin Bartholomew that should obviously be featured parts of this pit game plan. Bartholomew only with one reception last year. I mean, last game, last Thursday. And it's so clear as to why he needs to be involved. He is a big target. He is a guy with great hands. He's a guy that can win at different levels of the field. He's a guy that brings you a security blanket that you need to take advantage of. And quite honestly, I don't think they took nearly as much advantage of that against West Virginia. He was open more than enough. It wasn't his fault. It was not his fault. Bartholomew needs to be a part of this offense, and he is the X factor to me offensively. Obviously, you're going to get guys like Kanane Mumfield and Jared Wayne and Bub Meads, Jalen Barton, Jaden Bradley, all the running backs. Obviously, it doesn't sound like Ronnie Hammond's going to play. Vincent Davis is apparently going to get more carries. Um, I know that's going to fire everyone up. Um, But you look at Gavin Bartholomew. He's the key. He's the crux of what they need to do. Attack that area of the field. Over routes from the slot. Hit guys on deep curls, deep hooks, slants, RPOs, things of this nature. And then they'll start to cheat up, and then you can hit them behind with posts and different stuff like that. Then you can get to the explosive plays. Play action, obviously, going to be very big uh, in this game in my regard. And, and I said this on Wednesday about what they need to do, and it, and it's, it still resonates now. They need to spread this team out. They have to. They have to go under center in three wide sets. No more of this 7-0 lineman thing. It's not working. They went to heavy personnel almost 45% of the time. I went through the game and charted this. It's almost 45% of the time where they were in heavy personnel. Guys, this is not... Good enough against this team. And Frank Signane needs to be adaptable. And that's the one thing that is a little worrying. Well, we don't know what Frank Signetti is. Now, he has a resume that is well-traveled and says he should be malleable. But is he? We'll figure that out very soon. And so he's going to have to change the game plan. He's absolutely going to have to change the game plan here and spread it out and come into this game with a new view on things because quite simply I'll say this why in the world would the seven O-line guys work why it doesn't make much sense does it seven O-linemen doesn't make a lot of sense here and so honestly when you look at what Pitts guy do play action over routes that middle of the field area, when we're talking these wide hashes in the college game, these are important for Pitt. 
uh, this week. And Gavin Bartholomew has to be in that those soft zones and, and be that dependable guy and maybe get some yak there. And you have to be able to attack these guys. And it's quarters coverage. So you're not going to get it all that deceptive ability um, out of it. You kind of get what you see. They'll run different coverages, of course, but you kind of see what you get. And so if you have Warren Burrell, too, who I think is a guy that is probably the weak link here in this DB room, well, you know how to target. Get your Kanani Mumfield on him, Jared Wayne, whoever. Go after him and prove, and make him prove that he can step up. And that's why I think this week Pitt's got to be a pass to set up the run team. I think they can run the football this week. I just don't think that's going to be the outset of this game. I don't want to see them come out and smash the football in Tennessee's face right away. I want to see them gut, gut it out, and, and I want to see them throw the football. I, I want to see them exploit this secondary and get them on their heels, and then that maybe that can knock them back. And this O-line can start to clear little lanes for Vince Davis, Sebo Flemister, Izzy Abandikant, Daniel Carter, these guys. And then your running game's opened up. I think that is going to be the key. I think the pass is going to open up the run in this game. And, and I think it's going to be a multi-quarter process to open up that run. But I think if you go into halftime and it's like 17-13, something like that, where, this, where Pitt's defense has played decently enough, and the offense is there sticking with it, but they're getting more success. And you can see it, that second half can be where this running game really opens things up. And so get into those quarter coverages and attack the middle of the field and force Tennessee to respect that and back them off of your heels. And when that play action comes then, eventually you're going to start handing the ball off and Pitt's going to be able to gash Tennessee for six, seven, eight yards a pop, you would hope. And that's kind of the game plan to me of what Pitt needs to do going into this game, um, but they need to put the ball in Keaton Slovis's hands early and spread it out and let their receivers do what they do best. Let them eat and let Gavin Bartholomew be the dependable guy we know he is. I do want to talk about Branson Taylor at right tackle and how this could change things and what I saw from Mack and Salvis or what if Gabe Hoy's not going to play. And then we also do want to talk about this pit defense. What is the blueprint to stopping Hendon Hooker? But first, folks, I want to let you know about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Right now, they have a Pitt-Tennessee line. Tennessee favored by seven right now. If you want to put money on that in Pitt's favor or Tennessee's favor, feel free to head over there. You can find all of college football's latest developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's games everywhere you may want. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast as we are talking through Pitt, Tennessee here. And this is a game for me that the offensive line does have to be better. And and I know I was hard on Keaton Slovis for his pocket management, but you go back in that game and there were gaps on this offensive line, specifically though on the right side. I think the left side played well. I think Carter Warren, Marcus Minor, for the most part, played really well. I mean, that's to be expected of those guys. Um, Carter Warren, especially, is a guy that you just kind of go with, right? You kind of just say, okay, this makes sense that this is a guy that's going to stick out. But then you also look at someone like Matt Gonsalves, 
who really struggled against that West Virginia front. Guys like Jared Bartlett. It was a rough watch, right? This was not fun to watch back. Uh, Mac and Salvis was unfortunately subpar in this game, and, and that that really sucked because I, I had a lot of high hopes for Mac and Salvez and kind of what he brings out. Um, but he was just whiffing on blocks, didn't get to his spots on time, had pretty bad hand placement and timing, and that was the big thing. His hands were a mess, and uh, he just couldn't recover from that. And so Branson Taylor got thrown in there on the last drive, and I thought he was much better. Now, you could see that he's still kind of learning things out. Um, he, he doesn't necessarily have everything there just yet. But when you look at what he brought to the table, he brought the size, the physicality. I'll tell you what, this guy packs a punch with his hands. I like that about him. He has really good power in his hands. Um, needs a little bit better grip strength from what it looked like. He kind of let off his blocks a little early. It didn't matter usually a lot, though, but that is something to look at. Um, but I thought his hands were pretty good. They are stiff, and they go in right away. And by that, I mean you get high, you get right there, low and inside, and and Branson Taylor pops you, and, and he startles you. He's got a lot of power in his hands. Uh, I thought his feet were pretty good. He's a big dude. I don't think he's like a super athlete, but I think for him, he's like 6'5". He's listed at 320. Uh, he moves pretty well. He's pretty nimble. Um, So he gets deep into his sets actually really quickly, but he also really likes to play with some aggressive sets, um, some vertical sets where he's going to get up on you right away. And, and you could see it. He was mixing up his sets. Like, that was impressive. It was only like eight plays that on that drive. And he used three different types of pass sets. Like, that was impressive to me. For a guy that hadn't gotten extended playing time, that's really impressive to me. And he was doing a great job of, of placing his hands and, and understanding how to win a lot of these reps. I was very impressed by Branson Taylor on that one drive. It was a short sample size, but I like that. We'll see what he is in, in run blocking-wise. We didn't really get to see that much. Um, but this dude really, really looked comfortable and steady in pass pro, and I think that's a big boon for Pitt. So I'd like that. Hopefully that can clear up a little bit um, for Keaton Slowest there. Now he'll be going up against Byron Young, who's a very explosive guy, and Tyler Barron, who, again, is another explosive guy. So two explosive players here um, to go up against for Branson Taylor. And this will be definitely a test for him. But I'll tell you what, he plays like he did uh, last week. I'll be impressed by most of what he does. I was a fan of the limited action we saw Branson Taylor in on Thursday. And then I kind of want to flip this over now because the offensive line is obviously a huge part of this game. But the whole play in the trenches, I think it's what's going to win this game um, for Pitt. Offensive line, want to talk about Branson Taylor because that's obviously the one point of kind of movement that we saw with Branson Taylor taking that starting spot late in the game. Um, so that's the one area of movement we saw in the offensive line. Offensive line does need to play better, needs to be better in run blocking, and needs to steady themselves a little bit in pass pro. Again, and Keaton Slovis obviously has his pocket movement that he needs to work on as well. But this D-line for Pitt as well, I think could definitely round things out a little bit better uh, than they did against West Virginia. 
That's not to say they were bad. Um, obviously, this defensive line was pretty solid against West Virginia. It, it's hard not for them to be solid because there's an absurd amount of talent on this defensive line, to say the least. Uh, you just just look at some of these players that, that you have here uh, in this game, and it, we're talking about guys – like Kalijah Kansi, Hababal Donato, and John Morgan, and all these guys that just balled out, right? We're talking about so many talented football players. And so it is hard for me to not be impressed by, by at least some of these guys and what they did. Um, but you also didn't necessarily see the complete high-octane type of play that we see. I, I did think that, to be quite honest with you, they didn't underwhelm, but they also definitely could have played better. Um, they, they got blown off the ball a few times because they played really wide um, in their splits up front in this game and a lot of few of those running plays to get to the second level. And Pitt's linebackers were a little bit out of their fits, um, and that kind of hurt Pitt in the run game, but the D-line was weirdly split out, and I think that's a miscommunication thing um, more than a schematic thing, to be quite honest with you. Um, and, and they got just pulled on and trapped. Uh, that was a really rough part of this game for them, but they have to create consistent pressure. And so here's the thing. You look at the quarterback hits, seven quarterback hits on JT Daniels. is a really good stat. Uh, there were eight tackles for loss up front. You like that as well. You get three sacks. So you did get good production out of this group. John Morgan was phenomenal in this game. Servasi Dennis was good as well. But I would like to see them get a little bit more pressure with the amount of blitzes they do. And so I would like to see a little bit more production from the rest of the interior D-line aside from Kansi. I know people uh, kind of thought Kansi was a little quiet, but – I think he's pretty good in this game. Um, two Kubi hits. He, he kind of made a lot of his impact felt off the stat sheet rather than on. And I thought he was pretty good in this football game. John Morgan was obviously a man possessed with three tackles for loss in this one. Should have been four and two sacks. Um, but this was a great game for him. I, I just want to see a little bit more consistency from David Green, Devin Danielson, um, Tyler Bentley, DeAndre Jules, and these guys that play on that interior. Uh, and I'd like to see a little bit more out of Hoppaball Nato. No QB hits in this game, had a half a sack, but I would like to see more from him. Um, so there are a few guys in this D-line room I think do need to step up to that next level um, in this next game. And so this, this D-line needs to be firing on all cylinders um, rather than just working at times in individual capacities. Because when they're at their best, this D-line is some of the best football on that side of the ball you're going to see in the nation. And so they weren't quite to that level last week. Let's see if they can get to that now. But I want to talk about the Pitts personnel and how it matches up against Tennessee's offense, including Hendon Hooker, and where the path is to slowing them down. Let's talk about that next. But first, a quick break. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. As we continue talking through Pitt, Tennessee here. And when you look at Pitt's defense, they match up well in terms of the O-line to D-line matchup. That's saying something because I like this Tennessee O-line. They have guys like 
Darnell Wright that you know are going to be good football players, right? Uh, it's an experienced group that you don't have to worry too much about if you're the volunteers. Um, Cooper Mays is there. You have Devontae Spragans. Like, you have a lot of guys. Jerome Calvin. Uh, you have a lot of guys here that are very, very experienced. I think, though, that Pitt has a lot of athletes up front. That's not to say Tennessee doesn't have athletic linemen. They do. But Tennessee does not have elite athletes on this offensive line. Pitt has some elite athletes on the D-line. Kalijah Kansi, Hoppa Balnado, John Morgan. These are guys with incredible first steps um, that stand out. And that, I think, is going to be a big boost to, to Pitt on this D-line. And we saw that last year, how explosive and easily kind of disruptive Pitt's defensive line became against Tennessee last year. And that's because their D-line was so explosive. And that was the big thing that I looked out for that said, okay, this is what sticks out about Pitt immediately against this team. And, and it was that explosiveness up front. But then you also look past that, right? The D-line is going to be the biggest thing. You're going to even need Dayon Hayes, Nate Temple. We're talking about these guys. You're going to need more than just every, you know, Kalijah Kansi, the Stars, Sarasi Dance. You're obviously going to need them. But you're also going to need a lot of guys that come into this thing and are ready to go from a blitzing perspective. Bengali Kamara, Shane Simon, Tyler Wilts, who's apparently going to play more. All these guys. Pitbull is 44% of the time per Sports Info Solutions against West Virginia. I think it's going to be higher this week. And I think you have to make it higher because, you know, Henning Hooker's not a guy that's rattled by pressure. But you have to collapse the pocket around him. You can't let him run on you. You can't let him escape the pocket and get 10, 12 yards and break out of the rest of this. That is the big thing about this game too many times last year was Hendon Hooker able to get out of plays where he should have been dead to rights and just create 20 yard gains on his own Pitt cannot let that happen there tackling also has to improve tenfold in this one in that regard but you also look for example at Pitt's cornerback room and in the way that Tennessee runs their offense and they run a lot of screens, RPOs, quick hitters. Pitts matched up well to do that in a lot of regards. And so the offensive line for Tennessee is going to have to stay in and they're going to have to max protect, do a lot of things because Henry Hooker might have to throw this ball deep a little bit more um, rather than hit quick hitters because Pitt does a lot of discouraging of that. And Pitt does a lot of things that match up well against a scheme like that. And you saw what Tennessee ran a lot against Ball State, and it was a lot of that horizontal stuff uh, over the middle field, drag routes, slants. Um, you, you saw a lot of those screens, RPOs, and stuff like that. I think we see a different type of Tennessee offense. I think we see a more prolific one, a one that tries to go deep. And this is why I say the defensive line is so important. The linebackers at the second level, that blitz are so important. They got to get home because your corners and safety is going to be left on islands against good athletes. 
and guys with good size. We're talking Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, Jalen Hyatt, uh, all these guys that are really good athletes against this pit defense. And they are going to try and push the ball down the football field. And maybe the corners are up for the challenge. I like Pitt's DB room, but you don't want them soaking out there for that long. The D line is to show up and, and really come out and create a lot of disruption things because that, that's going to be the big thing. This scheme of Tennessee gives you issues when you look at Pitt's scheme because they have that multi-dimensional type of ability to attack three levels, but their main dimension is going underneath and trying to get yak with good athletes. And, and of course, their quarterback is part of that. Um, but they have to, have to, have to get pressure on Hendon Hooker. And, of course, they need to stop the run, man. I mean, that is the no- other thing. You have to stop the quarterback run. You have to stop Jabari Small. You have to stop Jalen Wright. You have to stop these guys because the running game for West Virginia was too good against Pitt. And if the running game's going, I don't care what you say. You're, you're not going to have a chance to stop this team in Tennessee, that run game has to tighten itself up. And that's another thing that just completely changes kind of how this game goes. If the running game for Tennessee is shut down and Hendon Hooker is forced to throw the ball, yes, Tennessee will score. Yes, they will. But I don't know if they'll score 45. They might score more like 35. And I think that might be enough to push Pitt to win. And certainly, if your pass rushers are going after him, certainly more opportunities to create turnovers. And so that is something for me that you look at with Pitt. And so I think Pitt needs to have a just very static plan of what they're going to do up front. Lots of stunts, slants. Bring your hot blitzes, bring the whole bag out and get after Hendon Hooker. And that's what you got to do. And obviously, in that vein as well, stop the run and stop the short stuff. Don't let those screens kill you. They killed them a little bit last year on that stuff. Or those, you know, fake, uh, fake runs where the tight end would screen out. That was uh, annoying for Pitt, too. And so Pitt needs to play disciplined defensively, especially up front. That front seven has to be huge in this game. And we'll see if they're up for the challenge. But there's a blueprint to stopping Hendon Hooker. And that's what it is. Slowing him down, staying disciplined, and you got to be ready to get after him. you got to be ready to get after him. Blitz the heck out of him. That's what I would do if I'm Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. All right, folks, we'll be back next episode to preview this game. Officially, I'll get my predictions and all that. Players to watch, matches to watch. And so much more, folks. As always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.